Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to How a Con Man Can Help You Believe in Yourself as a Therapist. Is Imposter Syndrome Preventing You from Doing Your Best Work? So uh, I'm paraphrasing an email I got recently from a practitioner, and they wrote something like, you know, Hi Mark, here are the issues I have the most difficulty with in being a therapist, in being a practitioner. Number one, charging the appropriate amount of money. In other words, they charge way too little. And number two, taking the risk to put myself out there as a practitioner and make it big. I somehow keep it low profile because I've had the experience that success makes people jealous. I spend a fair bit of time emailing back and forth and talking to therapy practitioners all over the world about their work. And it's funny how often the same themes keep coming up, regardless of what sort of practitioner a person is, or their age, or their sex, or where they live. The email I just quoted is just one of the hundreds I get from intelligent, caring therapy practitioners who often do a great job of helping other people, but find it difficult to encourage and empower themselves. So if you struggle with imposter syndrome and don't feel as entitled as you perhaps could do to set the rules in your own therapy room, then I hope you'll find this video useful. So there comes a point in life where we need to claim our true sense of entitlement. This doesn't mean being overly entitled about anything, but we don't want to be under entitled either. And I want this video to help you have a sense that you can really make a difference in the world. So many people feel unable to really get themselves out in the world as therapists. Some therapists feel underqualified, embarrassed about charging what they're worth, um, or not feeling they are worth charging what they want to charge, too inexperienced or just unable to be assertive enough or uncertain about how to take their business to the next level. And I want to give you a few ideas about developing a positive sense of entitlement in your life to help you bring your dreams to fruition. Now the term sense of entitlement has a rather negative vibe in many people's minds. We use it to refer to people who are spoilt and selfish. We might even talk about the entitlement culture in which people focus more on what they think they should get rather than on what they need to contribute to life. Sociopaths, ruthless people lacking scruples or morals or conscience are commonly said to have a sense of entitlement. So the word itself can have uh, rather negative connotations. But I want, to th I want you to think about the idea of entitlement a little differently. It's perfectly true that people can have an overdeveloped sense of entitlement, and we see this all over the place. But it's not so widely recognised that people can also, in some important areas of their lives, have an underdeveloped sense of entitlement, a lack of awareness of their own power or potential, of what they can or could do and be. This underdeveloped sense of entitlement, where it matters, can spoil things not only for them, but also for those people they could be helping if only they took the bull by the horns in a particular area of their work lives. So in a very real sense, who are you not to do what you want? 
as long as it's legal and doesn't harm other people. And if it helps others, that's all the better. How might you go about this? Well, you could follow the example of Ferdinand Waldo Damara Jr. So Damara was a notorious con man, which might make you wonder why you should take any lessons from him. But remember, we can learn things to our benefit from anywhere and from all parts of life. This was a con man who also saved lives and who, weirdly, didn't seem to be motivated by money. Generally, con men or women don't have a problem with creative entitlement. Demara's con was pretending to be other people. He was so good at it that he became known as the great imposter, masquerading in roles ranging from monks to surgeons to prison wardens. Blessed with high intelligence, a photographic memory, apparent fearlessness and super self-belief, Demara at different times impersonated a ship's doctor, a civil engineer, a sheriff's deputy, an assistant prison warden, a doctor of applied psychology, a hospital orderly, a lawyer, a child care expert, a dentist, a Benedictine monk, a Trappist monk, an editor, a cancer researcher, and a teacher. And I'm not making this up. He didn't get much money from any of these positions, just temporary respect. And you can, by the way, see him in a small movie role in the 1960 horror film The Hypnotic Eye. During the Korean War, Demara impersonated a Canadian doctor, and in 1951 he worked on the naval destroyer Cayuga for several months. During that time he carried out major operations, including removing a bullet embedded in a man's chest, thanks to the help of a medical textbook he'd consulted and memorised the night before the operation. He not only saved that man's life, but the lives of 13 men in total. He was hailed as a hero, but when the truth came out, no one could believe he wasn't a real surgeon. After all, how could such an effective lifesaver not be a real doctor? The actor Tony Curtis played Demara in the movie of his life, The Great Imposter. Isn't it interesting that nobody thinks that Curtis impersonated Demara for this movie? but he acted in it. Now, I'm in no way suggesting that you should impersonate someone you're not in order to become more successful, but Demara himself had some really interesting things to say about power and entitlement that we could all think about. And I want you to really, really think about this. Demara told his biographer that the reason he was so successful in his roles was because he expanded into a vacuum where no one was around to fill the void. He explained that he'd come to two beliefs. Number one was that in any organisation, there is always a lot of loose, unused power lying about, which can be picked up without alienating anyone. Power can be picked up and used because it's just lying around and no one particularly is using it at the moment. This is an idea that anyone who has created and forged a path for themselves has instinctively understood. And whenever you forge a path for yourself, in a sense, you are forging as well as making. The second rule, according to Damara, is this. If you want power and want to expand, don't encroach on anyone else's domain. Open up new domains. So now I'm going to quote Damara in his own words. 
I call it, he said, expanding into the power vacuum. And it works this way. If you come into a new situation, don't join some other professor's committee and try to make your mark by moving up in that committee. You'll one, have a long haul, and two, make an enemy. So Damara's technique is to set up your own committee, or in our language, carve out your own niche, and thereby become the authority in that niche. And again, I'll quote him directly. He said, that way there's no competition, no past standards to measure you by. How can anyone tell you you aren't running a top outfit? And then there's no past laws or rules or precedents to hold you down or limit you. Make your own rules and interpretations. Nothing like it. Remember it. Expand into the power vacuum. Now, this is such an unfamiliar idea, but remember this guy had such an unusual life and he saved 13 lives. 13 lives that maybe a real surgeon wouldn't have saved. He also knew how to lead and how to assume power naturally. And again, I want to stress that I'm not advocating that anyone should lie or con their way to success, but it's just worth thinking about these things. Okay. But what I am saying is this, that this guy hit upon some pretty profound psychological truths that we can all use or we can all adapt. For example, take his observations about power vacuums. If you think about it, Every organization, whether it's religious, scientific, political, medical, psychological, financial, or business, however well established and respected it may be, was started at one time by a person or people who found, in Damara's words, a power vacuum and sought to fill that vacuum by creating something new. At one time, Demara founded his own college, which he even managed to get officially chartered by the state. His self-founded college continued to flourish for many years. But every college started that way. Anyone who starts anything gathers the courage, if they don't already have it, to find some spare power lying around and pick it up. So the person looks for a power vacuum, even if it's just a small niche or in their local area, and they begin to fill it and become an authority in that area. That doesn't mean that the authority isn't real. They become the expert. In a way, Demara was an extremely creative, even if dishonest, entrepreneur who happened to do some good in the world by assuming power that didn't always really belong to him, but he just found lying around. But we can take the good elements of this extraordinary man's actions and glean some real truths. I didn't start, um, myself and my business partner, Roger Elliott, didn't start our business off with any sense that we were something special. And looking back, we ourselves probably didn't have enough of a sense of entitlement to success. We used to get really nervous when a doctor or a psychiatrist or a psychologist came to our workshops to learn about hypnosis. But what we found is that these people the ones we assumed were the absolute experts, loved what we had to teach them. We didn't think of it in this way at the time, but we certainly did find some spare power lying around and we picked it up. Or to use Damara's other metaphor, we'd found a power vacuum and we filled it. Now we have 
10 million people visiting our websites every year. And that began from maybe eight or nine people visiting our workshops early on. So really the take-home messages from this video are, firstly, we can learn from anything and anyone, including someone who in the eyes of the world might not be completely respectable. Secondly, we shouldn't be so intimidated by life that we never seize the initiative and create something new, even if it's just new to our very specific geographical area or a slightly new way of doing something. So create your own niche and assume your power. Knowing you can do this is the first step to doing it. I'm not saying getting trained is not important. Of course it is, and we all need to learn, and you need to be good at what you do. Okay. The great imposter himself had to learn how to do surgery, it's just that he was incredibly good at learning very fast. But if you wait for others, or always wait for others, to tell you it's okay before you do anything, you may end up doing nothing. Demara eventually became a real-life chaplain, visiting the Good Samaritan Hospital of Orange County in California. He was liked and even loved and widely respected. Never fall into the trap of believing that you can't carve out a niche for yourself and create your own authority from scratch within this great tribe, the human race. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. Mm -hmm.